All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth. This is our seventh episode. We're really fired up. We got some amazing guests. We got an amazing guest right now, Kaylee Anello, right? Is that how I pronounce your name? Yeah, you got it. Cool, cool. So Kaylee and I connected, I think last year we connected, right? We all connected through the Unslaved podcast, which is pretty awesome. Shout out to Unslaved. Seems to be a place, a place where a lot of people that are seekers um come together that's for sure pretty amazing work that david and michael are doing there so um i want everyone to welcome kaylee i'm going to read a little bit about her bio right now uh kaylee is a functional nutritionist a human design guide you all know i love human design and a student of homeopathic medicine having spent the last seven years immersed in natural healing and the divination arts her expertise lies in being an objective observer an intuitive guide for those who have become disconnected from their bodies and their purpose on the planet. She has a unique ability to make abstract concepts tangible and applicable to everyday life to facilitate the healing of mind, body, and soul. All I know is it's 2021 and there needs to be a lot of mind, body, and soul healing. So, so before, yeah. thanks for, uh, before we yeah, go anywhere, let me jump in with something here. Let me jump in with something okay. because off air, Kaylee was telling me about how she's not sure that her son is in Aries in, in the terascopic system astrologically. Okay. So in the terascopic system, her son is in Aries, but it's not Aries that matters. Kaylee, it's what's opposite Aries, Libra, Augustus. Did you say the objective observer in your bio? Is what you said? <laughs> Objective, fairness, balance, clear judgment, equilibrium, the tarot card of justice, Libra rising, Kaylee. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for being I here. I just did a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a magician. Let me get my cup. I love that. I love it, dude. Dude, I can't wait for my cup to come in the mail, dude. <laughs> it's on the way. Bro. I really it's can't wait. Way. Here for the truth. So, uh, Kaylee, um, well, Joel, do you have anything you want to start with besides that or... We want to go into having you talk about yourself, Kaylee. And let's, let's, why, let's, well, first of all, why are you here for the truth? It's a good question. How can you not be here for the truth at this moment in time? It's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what are you doing if you're well, not? Well, let me ask you this. What What do you think keeps people from being here for the truth? Because we're here. We're on this. We created this podcast. You're on this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think's the reason? So I have a couple answers to that. One of them is it's it's kind of like I was lucky enough to have mentors that came into my life. They were people that I really looked up to um, when I was in college and that I trusted and I, that I knew that they had a good head on their shoulders. I knew that they were leading healthier lives than, you know, my parents and other people, other adults around me that I'd witnessed in society. And I was like, they know something that I don't know, and they're living a better life than I've seen other people live. You know, they were in their late forties. And I was like, there's something about them that just feels right. And so when they kind of introduced me to this world, um, I I trusted it. And it it just felt intuitively like, honestly, it, it felt like a remembering for me. It was just something that I knew like right away. I was like, yes, that this is right. And then I researched it for myself. So yeah, so my my answer is one, kind of having somebody to guide you in the beginning who you trust. Like, I think it's kind of hard to just go on the internet sometimes and like 
what does this guy know? You know, like you don't trust the person, you don't know the person. Um, so there's that. Um, people don't want to know the truth is another answer. Um, it doesn't fit in, you know, maybe their life is too fixed already. And they're like, this is how life is. This is how I was raised. This is how I want life to be. So I'm going to put the blinders on and I'm just going to la la la, pretend it's not happening out of, you know, that's my, it was like a choice, you know, in a house, in a house burning down, but <laughs> not looking at the flames. <laughs> They're like, I, I, they, they, you know, I was kind of talking to Joel about this off air. It's like, it's kind of traumatizing, honestly, when you first learn about this, it, it really is kind of like a trauma where you're like, oh my God, like these people are psychopaths and don't have my best interest. It's not like an easy thing to, to realize and to accept. So it's like, some people are just like, I can't, I literally can't accept that. Like, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and listen to Dr. Fauci, which Funny story, I saw a uh, I love Fauci bumper sticker the other day in Portland. So <laughs> of course. that just says everything, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, um, like, what was it that drew you to, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different paths in the health world and the truth world, et cetera. Like, mm -hmm. what was it that drew you to, um, well, homeopathics, holistic yeah. health and yeah. that kind of thing? Um, I did not feel good. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, so basically very ill health runs in my family. Um, if you look at my family, there's a huge history of addiction, mental illness, physical illness. It's like rampant and everywhere. And so, you know, maybe this is my, my Aries son, Joel. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what, there's a better way. And I'm going to fight for that. And I'm going to get there and I'm going to figure it out because I'm not going down this road. I've seen yep. where it leads. And so um, basically um, when I was in college, I, um, I had some like mild digestive issues. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, but then I got, I got an injury that just wouldn't go away. And it was kind of like, just like a smack in the head of like, Hey, you're maybe not on the right path. Um, I was in school. I thought I was going to become a psychiatrist of all things, which, you know, I would never do now. Um, so I basically um, had fallen in with these practitioners because of that, because I like, he was also a chiropractor. So it was like um, a husband and wife practice. And so basically they kind of put me down the rabbit hole of natural health. And I was like, okay, I need to heal myself because I want to help other people and I can't be a good practitioner if I'm a mess. Right. So, so it was basically that it was like, I just, I was so vigilant in finding another path because it just like life circumstances were not going to take me down the way I had seen it take other people down. So I guess, you know, I just, I had a bit of like a fight in me and I just fell in love with it too. I, I really liked learning about it. It made sense to me. You know, I had gone to like um, conventional medicine and it's like the typical story where they don't listen to you or, you know, you just, they get a prescription and it just, it never resonated. It never felt good. And when I found people that really, truly, you could tell they really cared about their patients and their patients were getting better and their patients were getting off medications um, from, you know, the, some of the worst diseases being reversed. Um, I'm just like, wow, that is amazing. And how can I not want to share that with people? Yeah. But, um, 
the reason that I chose homeopathy in particular is I, um, I have a background in psychology. I've always loved psychology more than anything. Um, even in high school, I like managed to take psychology three times. <laughs> like they just had different versions. So I just kept taking the same class because I loved it so much. And it's just something that always fascinated me. And so be, like I had always wished in my mind that I could become a therapist, but actually like take the person through more tangible solutions so that they could heal themselves on all levels. So I want, always wanted that and I didn't want to get my master's. And mm -hmm. so when I found homeopathy, it's like, wow, I basically am a therapist, except I let the person talk to me. I don't talk at them. I don't try to fix them. I don't try to diagnose them. I just put patterns together and say, hey, there's something in nature that resonates with your experience that can teach you something that can help lift your vitality, expand your consciousness in a way that is really going to open up your life and your perspective. And so I don't know, maybe I like psychologically profiling people. I mean, I like human design. I like astrology. I like, why are people the way they are? You know, why is the world the way it is? So, and homeopathy helped me a lot. You know, it really helped me on my healing journey. Um, just, I've seen it work wonders, especially even for like generational trauma. Like I said, I came from a pretty gnarly family history. And so that was the only thing that really touched and healed that and, you know, it's, it was just remarkable to me. And so I wanted other people to experience that. And I just thought it was, you know, it's becoming more needed every day. So <laughs> that's basically that. I love it. Such a, such, such a classic um, common theme with, with all seekers. It's the, there's something within us where it's like, we look at our lives and we see that things aren't right. We sense that things aren't right. It's the little spark of willpower to actually change that, to, use our discernment and not capitulate to completely outsourcing it and deciding, you know what, I can, I'm here, I'm alive. I can do something about this. And then we look for that something and we find that something. And what we always say, our greatest wounds become our greatest gifts, right? So what we yeah. need to heal ourselves, all those challenges that we've overcome is ultimately our offering and it's our service. And it's such an amazing thing. Exactly. And that's I think what's, yeah. No, no, you can go. You can go. I was just agreeing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that, it, you know, there's this whole idea of pain being a great motivator for change. And so it's like, are you able to actually feel into what's wrong in your life? Because a lot of people, they don't, they don't get to that point where they like know something's wrong, but they're, they're on the hamster wheel. They're, they're filling themselves up with substances or addictions or distractions. So they can't really get to that root kind of discomfort or pain or understanding of self that I think can add as a catalyst, act as a catalyst to move forward. So I'm always so curious, what is it um, for people, let's say like us or other people on the path of seeking, of taking personal responsibility for their health? Like, what is that thing? I'm so, so curious that that makes a person go enough is enough. Like I got to take my life into my own hands and, and seek out these answers for myself, you know? And then we sit on the outside and we look at the world that we're living the last 15 months. And we're like, well, why are people outsourcing so many decisions, especially around their health to people that they don't even really know, you know, that they just see them in, on the TV and they have this like uh, love affair with authority. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's fascinating to me. So I don't know if you want to comment on that, what I just said or, or, but I just, I guess I'm just agreeing with what you both talked about, <laughs> that like how, how to really just tap into like what you're allowing yourself to feel what you're really feeling. So then you can make changes from that place. 
it's just really important. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting about it, I've thought about this a lot and it's like, how much of this was my choice and how much of it was kind of like a destiny? Like, I mean, I, I had to make the choice to, you know, do the daily things I had to do um, for my health and to grow. I had to read the books. I had to listen to the podcast, but like, there was just something in me that it was like, I knew if I didn't do it, it would be really bad. I knew if I didn't, you know, I, again, I saw what happened. It's like, I mean, you know, my family history of addiction, luckily I don't have an addictive personality. Again, why is that fate? Is that my willpower? I don't know, but it's like, I saw that it's like these traumas and these things like consume them. And it's just like, it was to this point where I was like, I just, I can't have that happen. And then it was so interesting because it felt like kind of life at that point. Like, I wonder what my transits were at the time. I need to like look them up where it's like, I was in college. I was having the typical college experience. I was 19. And then all of a sudden, like I, you know, I was drinking alcohol, partying, all the typical stuff. And all, all of a sudden my body just started like rejecting alcohol. It was like, let's give you the worst hangover of your life. <laughs> So that you never, you, you wake up and that you actually see what you're supposed to do early on. I don't know why my story was so early. I have no idea. It was just like fate intervened. I, I met these practitioners and then all of a sudden my body was like, you know what? We're just going to like reject anything bad for you and like force you to live a healthy lifestyle and to go on this path. Like you're needed. Here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> So that's kind of how it was for me. It was just like, it, it was, it felt like there was very little choice in the matter, but mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I love it at the same time. I really, I relish that because it taught me a lot about the human condition. It taught me a lot about myself and I, I would trade that, you know, that journey um, for nothing because, you know, I, it, I almost see it as it was kind of like a preparation for things like 2020 where it's like, oh, I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's a feeling that a lot of us actually share where it's almost like, in a sense, it does feel like we were prepared um, mm -hmm. for this time. You know, it's like there's some of us here that, you mean, we're not... Um, vigorously scattered looking for the answers as to why is this happening right now because you mean deep down we kind of we kind of saw it coming so whether it's fate destiny whatnot I don't know but it's just super interesting to I guess observe yeah exactly and it, it was just amazing because I really like how um my my teachers at the time had did it because they kind of just like dropped mini truth bombs every so often they would just like sprinkle things in like here or there, like, oh, you know, they like, <clears throat> like the first thing was like, oh, you know, they put fluoride in the water or <laughs> I was like, what's fluoride? <laughs> or, you know, they, they have back yeah. masking and they like have symbols to like speak to your subconscious mind. Like you should Google that. And I would be like, what, what is this woman talking about? Wow. You know, it's this Bulgarian woman. Um, and she, she just knew she was very involved in the government there. And so she knew exactly what was going on. You know, she moved to Chicago. And so it was kind of like she was in the know and she was like, you need to look up this stuff. And then that's that's who told me uh, to look up Michael Tessarian's work. And I got into Origins and Oracles and um, uh, Age of Manipulation. Um, and that's where I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> that's that's what's this like 11, 11, hour, uh, 11 hour presentation, right? Age of Manipulation? 
that one's that one's shorter i think but yeah i mean all of his presentations like the origins the oracles and mm -hmm. i was just so it was like you know when i was in college and i was studying psychology i was always like is this it like i was so bored <laughs> because they all they did was they they basically taught us that humans were these things that you could control i mean literally like that's what we learned in psychology it's like behaviorism you have a treat and the dog salivates and you can program it to salivate at the sound of a bell it's like that was so their focus to the point that it was looking back i'm like that was creepy as hell <laughs> because yeah, you know like the, the, the psychopath smolding man in their image right yeah well i went mm -hmm. to a jesuit school as well so it's kind of funny but um <laughs> <laughs> but that, that aside it was just kind of like wow so they're not going to give me any real information got it so you know i just i was so hungry for more i was hungry for the truth <laughs> yeah. and so when i, I mean, got it it's, it's a testament yeah it's a testament to, to you because how many people might have now again you built up a level of trust but your teacher could have someone else's teacher could have been like hey so there's fluoride in the water and someone else could be like you're fucking crazy what are you talking about you yeah, know what i mean so again it's like <laughs> Yeah, floor. I put on my teeth. Like I went to the dentist and they put the they put the little the gel on and then I just like do this or whatever that was, you know. I yeah. did that when I was younger. It probably explains why I do this sometimes. But no, I'm just kidding. Oh uh, but I mean, it's just like it's a, it's a constant unfolding and real, realizing, and it's some new thing. And you're like, what? Another thing? Another thing? Another thing? And it's just like, what clown show? What crazy world are we living in? But again, at the end of the day, we could talk about this all day. But it's like, what do we do? How are we taking care of ourselves? How are we connecting with like minds? You know what I mean? Like controlling what we can control at the end of the day, you know? And at the same time, we're here for the truth. We like knowing these things. But you know, the thing is, man, like when it, like fluoride was one of the main catalysts for me waking up, right? But it's, it's, such, it's such a simple thing. Okay. So, all right. So we have the fact that they're putting fluoride in the water. We have the, flak, the fact that fluoride is a known neurotoxin. So we ask the question, why are they putting known neurotoxins, which are incredibly detrimental to our health and well-being, into our municipal water supply? It's like, okay, and something's our, wrong our, here. And our tooth and our teeth products. <laughs> and yeah, the antidepressants. And what yeah. sorry? Antidepressants. Antidepressants. Wow. Isn't like the most you simple know? thing? Isn't that the most simple case study and observation to show what these people are about? Like I mean, yeah, there's a medication literally called fluoroxine. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, and the, the studies, they just keep coming out, coming out on, on fluoride. I think, what was it, like Fluoride Action Alert? One of those websites, it just has a list of all the studies that have been gone on with fluoride. And you read them, and you're, a guy, you're like, what? Why is this even a thing? Yeah. But again, you know, people just keep going on, going on, living their lives, and, you know, don't think to question. Because, again, they're deep down inside – I think we all want to believe that these people have our best interests in mind. We don't want to think the world is as dark as it is. You know, we want to go about our jobs. We want to do our thing. We want to, you know, take care of our families and not have to worry about all this stuff. And yet here we are and we have to, you know, my wife and I are hardcore, like the crazy filtration systems that we put on our house and our pool and all this stuff. Like we don't, we don't mess around. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to, you have to take your health into your own hands. You have to investigate. You have to read every label. You have to know where your food comes from. But that's the thing, right? Yeah. That's the thing, right? If you, if you know something's wrong, 
you fix it because how can you, for me, it's like, how can I continue to do something which I know is harmful to me? Why wouldn't I take the most extreme effort necessary to ensure that the one thing that matters most being the health of myself and my family is sorted, right? So it's like, how is that too hard? Isn't that the most important thing? Yeah, I think so. But again, we're not taught that. We're taught in our schools to focus on the external world. I mean, in elementary school, they're not talking about the soma. They're not talking about the body. They're not talking about nutrition and health. So it's like, we're not given this education in our, you know, um, indoctrination camps known as public school. We're not given that for, you know, reasons we can get into on another podcast. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're on your journey. You're here right now. We're having this conversation. And I think it's really, really important. Now, I just, I'm really curious. And I know we, we had spoken about this on a previous episode with, um, with John, but like, what about human design? Why did you get into human design? What is that? How does that serve you? What do you love about it? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, so going back to the, the practitioners I told you about, like on day one, the first question he asked me was, you know, oh, what's your sun sign? And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and so um, he told me like, oh, what's your birthday? I told him, he's like, oh, you're a Pisces. Um, and I was like, okay. So he would basically take that into mind, like medical astrology type thing. Like he would take that into mind in your protocol and stuff. And so um, I got into astrology at that time. Gosh, yeah, probably like seven years ago. And so I really, really loved astrology. But even before that, um, like I said, I, I was into psychology. So I always loved the typing systems like Myers-Briggs. And I didn't really get into Enneagram, but I really liked Myers-Briggs. So anything, again, like I've just always been so curious about like, who am I? Why am I here? The bigger questions. Why are other people the way they are? And again, human design had an answer for that. And for some reason... Um, the body graph, just when I saw it, it, it kind of like, it resonated for me and it made more sense to me. It came more naturally for me than, um, a natal chart did for astrology. I just found myself being able to remember it a lot easier. And that's kind of part of my design design ironically is like what comes naturally is what I'm meant to do. Um, and so I just, I really liked it because I liked that there's this idea that you didn't have to constantly push against your nature to get where you wanted to in life that basically you had something that reflected back to you who you are and you could you know you don't even have to take all of it um but you can kind of have some frame of reference of like oh you know you can see some of your blind spots some of your pitfalls some of your strengths that maybe you ignore that you kind of just brush under the rug because maybe you think everybody is good at that thing when it's like actually no like you specifically are really good at that you should probably develop that skill and i just really honestly like I found it at a time where I had finished my nutrition program and I didn't want to be a nutritionist. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? I, I hadn't started my homeopathy mentorship. And again, I just really like working one-on-one -on -one with people and I like um, guiding them through and trying to find solutions to the problems that they're dealing with and give them some insight into why they might be dealing with that. Um, because I'll look at transits and stuff like that too. I'll look at North Node because um, there's astrology and human design as well. And so um, it's just like you can give people such amazing insights and you can give them hope and perspective. Um, and it, it just, it really found it really helped and it really resonated. 
And, you know, I had people asking me to give readings. And so I just gave it a try and I ended up really liking it. And so that's how I got into human design. And yeah, again, there's just something about it that captured me and that felt really true. And that felt, you know, like, wow, I don't, I don't see people talking about this. And I, I really want to bring this system to the people that I love and um, to my friends and then, you know, eventually to clients. And I just saw amazing um, results in people where, you know, they would, they would cry during sessions and they would, you know, uh, what I, what I realized from my work in human design and in homeopathy is that people don't have people in their life to confide in. It's a really big deal. I know that we deal with that as, you know, people who are into alternative research, um, but everybody who comes to me, at least who resonates with me for some reason also is experiencing that where they're like, I've never told this to anybody before, or nobody's ever seen me and just, you know, witnessed me and given me that kind of perspective on my life. They've always just tried to fix it. They've always just tried to, you know, kind of shape me in their image and say, well, I did it this way. So you should be like me and do it that way. And there was just such a um, healing that would happen when people were just listened to. And when you just, you know, help them to understand and gave them tools to get through whatever situation they were going through, anything from health to relationship stuff to job stuff. And I just found that a lot of people, you know, generators in particular, they were really just going through the motions until life kind of knocked them on their ass, you know, whether it be their side of return or whatever it is, some sort of hard transit would come and they would be like, oh shit, I'm unhappy. Like I have to look at this. I'm going to book a reading with Kaylee. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, um, you hit the, you hit the nail, you hit the nail on the head around something that I think is really important in healing. And I think is the main difference between allopathic system versus let's say more non-allopathic, naturopathic, homeopathic, you know, whatever is on the other side of the spectrum is that being seen and being listened to yeah. and being held is yeah. such an important part of healing. Yes. The primary, you know, I mean, it's not something. It's the primary basis of yeah sorry go yeah i was gonna say no, the it's primary base something yeah we're, we're a little delay here it's all good to say what you got to say my man i was just gonna say the primary basis the number one rule of healing is being heard without judgment that's all yeah it's really it's really important to be seen and it's like our system our allopathic system and we go back onto why this is go back 100 years but it's like i feel like there are a lot of mds conventional mds that like went into it for certain reasons and yet they're also part of this machine the system where it's like i can only see certain certain patient i only have this much time because an insurance company i gotta i gotta fill out a prescription it's like next patient next patient next patient that it's a lot more difficult and challenging now i know some things are changing on that front and people are creating their own practices and integrating of course but the the main thing is it's like what you're saying there like to have someone be with them and to listen with them when they haven't received that from a parent figure, from a teacher, yeah. from a family member is like, I mean, just me thinking about that almost makes me want to cry, you know, cause it's yeah. like, yeah. this is a beautiful, beautiful thing, you know, and it allows that allows energy to move, you know, within people, if they allow some of these emotions to come up, some of these realizations to happen, it's such a powerful transformational experience. Um, and I think that's one thing that people need to understand about different forms of, of healing or work, working with different practitioners. Sometimes the practitioner doesn't even need to do anything. Yeah. I have so many things going on in my head from that. So 
one of them is that, you know, they say that the reason that we hold on to all that trauma when we're kids, you know, because it's always like you see people in psychology and natural health are always like heal the inner child, heal the inner child. It's kind of like a buzz thing. And the only reason that we hold on to that is because we don't have the words to say it. We don't have, you know, when a kid is crying, they'll act out or something like that to get attention when they're upset. They, they can't convey what they're actually experiencing yet. And a lot of times the parent will just blow them off. You know, it's not even that they're bad parents, but they're just like, oh, you're being kind of annoying. Like, why are you being so needy? You know, like they don't understand. And so the kid doesn't have a way to process that stuff out. And so when I see people come, um, come see me or, or in homeopathy, it's like, they literally have memories, you know, come up when they're on these remedies that they have so long repressed that they're like, holy shit, this is why I'm like this. This is why I move through the world this way. This is why, you know, maybe I don't want to see the truth, whatever that truth is. And I see that heal in people. And it's like the most beautiful thing because finally somebody gave them the space to process this a safe place where it's like that's all we do in homeopathy that's what I try to do in human design as well it's like I'm not just gonna you know hit you with this is a generator and this is what this is and I'm like what why did you come here today what's going on wow. you know I know there's a reason you booked this session now at this time and not you know two months ago when you first talked to me so what's going on in your life and then you'll see that when they talk it out, there's something about verbal expression that transforms the energy too. It's, it's not just rattling around in your head. You're not just ruminating and mulling it over and making it bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind. You're getting it out. And you can do this written too, but when there's a witness to that, they just listen. They don't tell you what to do. It's like, then they start putting the pieces together for themselves of like, oh, this is what I need to do. Yeah. I know how to fix this now because I can hear myself. I'm giving myself that space. It's not just, you know, getting all up in my head and trying to decide from there. And, and then oftentimes, you know, when working in homeopathy, patients will have dreams where they have revelations and where healing occurs, even from people who have passed on, they'll get healings around that. And you'll see in their psyche and their subconscious all the things that are being worked on because they're, they're showing up and they're being heard and they're healing. And it's and something shifted as well. Right. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. Can you, can you, um, because obviously I feel like human design and homeopathy are like two of your main zones. Yeah. Um, and depending on who's listening, uh, I, can you just actually explain what homeopathy is? Oh, because definitely. I feel like it's for a lot of people, it's something they've heard about. Maybe they've read an article like homeopathy is, you know, pseudo health that doesn't work, you know, and there, this is war against homeopathy too, that's happening. Oh, yeah. And I just would love to, to know, like, what is it? And what's the yeah. purpose of it? And how does it work? Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so interesting, because like you said, people who are kind of into the natural health space, they may know it, they may have seen it on the grocery store shelves, like they'll see like Arnica, you know, like that's a really um, popular one, because it's for like, um, broken bones or, you know, some sort of injury, maybe you hiked for too long, you take Arnica and, oh, my soreness went away. Or you see, you know, homeopathy for the flu or these kind of like generic all-encompassing remedies. And people will kind of think it's like basically like the, the sugar pellet form of herbal medicine or something. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it just couldn't be further from the truth. That's just kind of like, like everything kind of in our, in our society. And unfortunately, even in the natural world, I find things have been so watered down. Things have been so, um, let's make a protocol so I can sell you a program. Mm-hmm. Because in the age of social media, people, you know, they just want to buy, you know, some program that is built for everybody that's going to heal them. And, you know, I find that unfortunately fewer and fewer are actually working one-on-one with people. They kind of just want to sell them something. And so basically homeopathy just doesn't work like that. It can help in acute situations where, you know, you know we want to run out to the whole foods and get some Arnica. That's fine, but it's so, so much deeper than that. And that's why um, some people think that homeopathy doesn't work because homeopathy is based on resonance. So basically in quantum physics, if you have two things that vibrate at the same frequency, they cancel each other out. So you're looking for something in nature that has that same expression. So say, um, say you're stung by a bee and you have a really itchy bee sting and you're allergic to bees and you have all these symptoms, you can take the remedy Apis which is made from a bee, but it's just like a very, it's like quantum, you can even call it nano, I guess. Like it's so like the material for the most part has been extracted. So really all that's left, and I know this is gonna kind of blow people's minds, they're gonna be like, what? But really what's left of the substance is the consciousness. So there's something in the consciousness of that thing that's gonna heal it and it's gonna cancel it out. Now that's a very acute kind of generic um, version But let's say, um, so basically how homeopathy was founded, it was founded in the 1800s by Samuel Hahnemann. And um, he proved this plant called China. And so essentially he found that you could take these toxic substances in nature and dilute them so much that only the healing effects would be left. And he found that if you gave this homeopathic remedy to a healthy person, they would temporarily produce the symptoms, uh, the toxicology symptoms. But the toxicology symptoms say like you're nauseous, you have diarrhea. A sick person with nausea and diarrhea takes this and it cures it because it cancels it out. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have to find something that's so, so, so specific to you to work for you because you, you're finding that inner resonance that something, there's something in nature because you know nature was created perfectly, whether the, the remedy is from a mineral, whether it's from an animal, whether it's from um, a plant, there's something out there that resonates with your experience. Like I had my friend, um, Laura on the podcast, on, on um, my podcast uh, yesterday we recorded and I had her see the homeopath that I'm studying with. And I think that this story illustrates it beautifully. So she had this really gnarly psoriasis that just went on and on and on. And she's a nutritionist. She knows everything about health. It would not go away. That and she had these headaches that made her dizzy. And so I was like, hey, you should go see Doug, my homeopath. And she's like, I don't know if I believe in that. And that's always how it starts. And, you know, rightly so. I I always honor skepticism. And she's like, all right, well, I'm desperate. (laughs) So I'm going to go see this guy. And basically the session is two hours long to start. And you just tell your whole story. You fill out a ton of, you know, forms on like everything about you and your family history. And we just take notes the whole time. 
and we notice the pattern of like what makes your symptoms better what makes it worse what was the trauma like in your family um what was your mom like what was your dad like what was your in utero experience like what have you taken on that you can't seem to get past where are you stuck where can we liberate you um, where can we gently introduce a healing substance into your body that will naturally heal whatever it is? And it heals you on the whole spectrum. It heals you physically, mentally, and spiritually. And we don't know why it does that, but it does. It's homeopathy is something you have to experience with a homeopath to, to fully comprehend its magic. But so to make a long story short, she had seen him. Um, she had had several sessions. She told her story. And um, essentially, she um, had come to the appointment one time wearing leopard print. And she kept talking about her love of cats. And oh my gosh, I, I've loved cats my whole life. I'm a Leo. My last name is Lyons. <laughs> my business name, you know, like all this stuff. I don't want to like give away like who she is or anything. <laughs> um, and so everything like, you know, she had orange cats. And funny enough, so when the provers, they just take like a small amount, like basically homeopaths have to know a guy and they knew a guy who, you know, they basically, they did a proving of um, the re remedy leopards. They just take a small amount of the milk, you know, at the zoo or something. They don't hurt the animal at all. The prover takes this to see what can this cure in a sick person. And in the remedy picture is somebody who has to hide in plain sight because they camouflage, leopards camouflage. And so sure enough, in her whole history, it's like, you know, she was hiding in plain sight. She didn't speak at family gatherings. She, she had to hide her symptoms. She wouldn't talk about them. She would pretend that she's okay. You know, she, um, she's a man gen, so she's really fast and really active and quick. And, and when he told her, he was like, oh, leopard fits your picture. She was like, what? <laughs> so she took this substance and everything cleared. She hasn't, she, she had headaches, Whoa. migraines, debilitating migraines. I'm saying like for ever since I knew her, like for, she's been sick since she's a kid, this remedy cleared it. Like hasn't had a headache in nine months. Unheard of. Wow. Unheard as of. above, so below, as within, so without. I change the lighting real quick here. And it's just like, it was, and I saw her go through it too, which was so cool. Like I saw her, her psoriasis healing. She was sending me pictures of her rash and it was just healing and healing. And she tried everything. And it's like, that tells us that like, so why are we sick? Yeah. But like, I find it interesting that there was something in within her psyche and her subconscious that was actually hinting to, to the remedy, yeah. right? Exactly. What is, what is that correlation? Yeah. That happens so often, Joel. It's, scary <laughs> so it's well, it's hidden hidden in plain sight again right the answer was hidden in plain sight yeah and it's it and it happens less so with mineral remedies because like somebody's not gonna be like i love calcium <laughs> you know what I mean? it's just like, it doesn't happen with animals and plants like a lot of herbalists resonate with plant remedies you know for example but you know for example um there was a patient who needed a remedy from an orchid on the video call, her entire house had orchids in it. Wow. <laughs> her entire house, and she fit the picture completely. Orchid helps with um, relationship issues and conflict. And um, there's um, 
it's it's it has the history of the plant within the remedy because orchids are like the only flower that humans have like hunted for spore. So yeah. um, there's this there's this movie um, I'm forgetting it has Nicholas Cage in it, and it's all about orchids and actually tells the story of like the picture of an orchid remedy, where essentially it's like people will do crazy things and go to the jungle and lie and cheat and to get these the very rare orchids. And there's a similar picture in patients who need it. You know, they often will have like a very dramatic relationships. Maybe there's drugs in the picture. You know, they have all these ailments from that. And it's just so crazy. It's like, if you resonate with something, it's usually for a reason. And there's yeah. something, like you said, in your psyche, that's like, it's attract. It's like, it's yeah. strong. Well, it's almost like, you know what I mean? Adaptation was the name of the movie. Adaptation. Yes. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like the unconscious truly does always hold holds all the answers. And it's just about creating enough space to actually hear that voice um, and, to, and, and, and to get that answer. So even if the unconscious is projecting in outer reality, you know what I mean? Those, those answers as well. Um, it's so fascinating. But the thing that holds most people off from ever considering this path in any legitimate way or considering these concepts as something something real tangible and provable is as i speak of so often we live in such a left-brained society where mm. we're so everything's so disconnected right and because we our right brain consciousness has been almost completely closed off we're so often unable to connect those dots between the unconscious the conscious and make these connections which obviously can help us greatly yeah. And it's yeah. so funny because <clears throat> we get all types of people in the office. You know, we get, we get husbands that are being dragged in by their wives who read something on the internet or we're getting wives dragged in from their husbands or, you know, it's yeah. like there, there are a lot of people who come to homeopathy because they really are desperate and they, they just, you know, for some reason they, they just, they, they want to give it a try. And it's like, even a lot of homeopaths I've found, it's like, Oftentimes, like um, I've heard this story over and over again, where their kid gets an ear infection. It's just like one of those things that's incurable. The antibiotics don't work. And then their friend is like, hey, have you tried homeopathy? And they reluctantly go and they're like, this is bullshit. And then their kid's ear gets better in like 48 hours without any residual side effects, without any trace of any inflammation. And it's just like, it's magic. It's just like, it's insane. And so it's like when, that's why I said when people experience it, it's, it's amazing. And I've seen it work, not just with physical ailments. Like I've said it, I've seen it work with trauma. I've seen it work, work with addiction. And that's what I love about homeopathy is you don't come in like, and get labeled something. And yeah. that's something that I was thinking of earlier um, is that I, I've even had that experience with natural medicine you know, Portland is like the land of naturopaths. And I remember going to a naturopath. I was actually trying to get body work, but she was also a naturopath. So I kind of like accidentally saw a naturopath, I guess. And she would just not let it go of like, you need to get blood work for this. And I think you should do this and this and, and like instilling a great sense of fear yep. and labeling. There's all these labels. And I'm just like, whoa, I, <laughs> like, it's just, you know, they just want to give you, instead of giving you um, a prescription for, um, you know, an, uh, I don't know, an antacid or something, whatever they give you, um, a supplement. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. They don't, they don't actually get to the root and see what's the real problem here. And again, that comes back to like, why are we sick? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's the symptom is trying to tell us that we're out of alignment, that something's going on. Like I said, I had to go back to that person's childhood where she had learned to hide and her body wasn't going to let her get better until she saw that because then her business took off. Like I, when I tell you her business took off, her business took off after this remedy. It's crazy. She has a waiting list. She was a new nutritionist. And yeah. because like she stopped, like she was like, just something in her just blossomed and you become more of yourself and the symptom subsides as a result. Yeah. Like there's so many correlations to our blockages and there's always, there's always a, or I don't know about always, but in most cases, there's generally an emotional connection to the physical ailment that shows up as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I think, I think what's, what's important is that, you know, disease or symptoms, you know, people think that's the problem when very often it's the body adapting and trying to heal itself and, you know, you and I, um, Kaylee, we spoke real briefly on, uh, on Germ Germanic new medicine. And it's mm -hmm. something that I'm about to start studying. We're going to have a guest on in the future to go deeper into that. And I feel like there's, there's complementary, a uh, complementary nature between homeopathy and even GNM, which is like understanding, like, what are these little internal conflicts that happen in your life? And then what biological programs do they set off? And then how can you ultimately support the body to heal itself? And so from what I'm hearing, it feels like homeopathy works on so many different levels to help resolve some of some of these internal conflicts to support what the body does. There's an innate intelligence to the body, which is heal. It, it, it's always trying to heal itself. And yeah. it's like, how do we get out of its way? How do we support it in the best way possible? Whether it's through, you know, good nutrition, homeopath, homeopathy, body work, meditation, you know, expression, creativity, whatever that is. It's like we have to create an environment and be in an environment for our bodies to, to do what they do naturally. Like if I cut my finger right now and just kind of just chilled here for a few days, it's going to start doing its thing. You know, I'll be look, just look at it, you know, time lapse on my finger. It's going to heal itself. It wants to get to that place. And yet most people, a large majority of people just like are not supporting that process, you know, and then hence chronic disease. Well, in fact, we're actually, I mean, hindering that process and bombarding that process with traditional modes of trying to, to trying to treat these problems where we're adding to the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And interrupting a natural healing process. Yeah. The body is healing. And so we put, we take these drugs or even supplements in some cases to not get to the root cause to kind of interrupt and disrupt something. When very often, if you just like laid in your room and just kind of like slept and rested and drank some water, you know, for a week, you know, it's like, great, you're cool. You know what I'm saying? Instead, it's like, no, I got, I got fever. I got to take this medicine. Oh, I got a cold. I got to take Robitussin, a cough. I got to take Robitussin. I got to push the thing. I got to keep pushing everything down. I got to keep interrupting um my body's natural process yeah i, can't well, I just think that's up. insane I can't but that's in any real way i can't feel it right and this is yeah. this, this is so relative to how you know what i mean um we live our lives as well right we don't want to feel anything directly it's just you know what i mean how can i put it off as long as possible whereas really if we just created the space to to feel these things then healing will occur yeah exactly again back to what you said before about holding space for your client, yes, you know, yeah. allowing, even just allowing them, because maybe in their day-to-day -day life when they're home, they're like, okay, I got my phone and I got this and I'm, I'm moving from one thing to the next. But when they come and they invest some money to spend an hour or an hour and a half or whatever with someone, by you creating that environment, they're entering an environment that they don't experience in their day-to-day -day life, maybe ever. Yeah. And yeah. so again, back to that, like that space is allowing 
things to bubble up to the surface and to move and it supports a healing process and a healing journey. And on some level though, like their unconscious called them through that session and they, they, yeah. they, they allowed that to take place. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because it's like, that's exactly what we're so programmed to do is like the slightest hint of discomfort or when somebody asks you how your day is, your, your initial, you know, gut response or like your initial reaction is like, I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. fine. You know, it's yeah. just like immediate suppression to the point where, you know, it's like, even on a micro level, like, um, this is an example that comes to mind. I had a quick coffee recently. I was like, all right, I'm going to try this no caffeine thing. Same. And I was like, wow, what the coffee was covering up. <laughs> it's suppressing. You know what I mean? It's like, we've had this conversation. We've had this conversation about coffee before. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like, you don't realize like, you know, you don't even mean to suppress it. Sometimes it's like, it, it comes up and then it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, I just saw a patient this morning. It was like, his um, ailments would always be worse when he had a conflict at work. So it's like going back to the GNM conflict thing. It's mm-hmm. like, let's see, let's get him to see what what is triggering it because it's not just, you know, Wheaties and pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something that's causing this physical symptom to flare up in his life. And so it's like, every time I have a conflict with my boss or every time my mom calls or every time whatever, it's like this thing flares up and it's so interesting because it's like, okay, now we know what the specific remedy is going to be because that remedy is good for ailments from, we always say, what's the ailment from? It's an ailment from a conflict and it's an ailment from, um, you know, some people get ailments like say before a podcast, you know, they have anticipatory anxiety and then their stomach flares up and it's like, okay, there's something that in nature that, that can help you with that. And it's so interesting because the other thing that I like about things like human design and homeopathy is it really starts the introspective process for people where they really, mm-hmm. for the first time, are being in relationship with themselves, seeing how everything's connected, seeing how their life is played out. Because, you know, say I have, you know, there's people that come a lot of times, they're like 70 or 80 years old, and they have to go back and look at their whole life story and how it played out. And all the patterns, all the reoccurring lessons that were coming up again and again that they didn't address, that they didn't see. And then at the end of the session, they're like, oh, my God, (laughs) Like they're like, I didn't see like this thing kept coming up again and again. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. And so it's just so cool because you start to see people actually introspecting and journaling and writing down their dreams and working with all of these things that they've never done before. And sure enough their symptoms clear up alongside it because then the remedy helps to actually lift and liberate that energy. So it doesn't always have to be like a, such a heady, like I need to figure this out kind of thing. It just, it's a natural, like, you know, vital response from the body. Carl Jung said, it's the privilege of a lifetime to become who you truly are. And it's, this is, this is what these arts are about, be it human design, be it tarot, be yeah. it astrology, be it numerology. All it is, it's opening up space for you to have direct communion with your living oracle, right? We all have that within us, constantly mm-hmm. speaking to us, constantly communing to us, constantly trying to hint us what to do next to actually heal, to actually grow. Um, and as we listen to that, we can begin to deal with it. And uh, people often bypass it because... Um, 
the, they think the thing that's coming up is too small, too small of a problem to be actually be the issue. But what people don't realize is that we have to deal with the most surface level thing too before we can go any deeper um, as to what's really underlying it all, right? Um, and I've had that direct experience as well for a long time. I mean, I was dealing with a with a health problem um, and I didn't realize what it was linked to, but the moment I paid attention to my direct reality and dealt with the the thing that was in my face first and foremost without bypassing to the root problem, then I was able to bit by bit go deeper and deeper um, down that journey and down that process. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like you said, you just kind of have to take the first step in it too. And to yeah. see that, you know, there's, there's a reason that you're presenting with the physical health problem. And if you do it right, you're going to be so much better than you were before. And you're going to be an entirely new person. You're going to be literally like reborn. Yeah. And that's always what I, what I hope for people is that they don't even recognize themselves, you know, after they've gone through the healing journey and they're like, wow, you know, like my relationships are different. My job is different. I'm more in my purpose. It's not just, Oh, my headaches went away. Yeah. You know, it's like your whole life changes yeah. up for you. Yeah. And the, the, the issue is that like, I mean, we live in a society that's so inclined towards um, instant gratification and just wanting the problem to be dealt with and not having to go through the authentic process of figuring it out on your own and bit by bit working it out and unraveling it. So then it becomes real for you and you know actually what you did to get from A to B and it's a permanent thing. We just haven't outsourced the answer to someone else and constantly replayed this savior programming, which we've been conditioned, you know what I mean, to, to be inclined towards for so long. And this is such a fundamental thing is the concept of self-responsibility. And once we make these connections and someone like you or any other, any other healer or therapist can just nudge them onto that path of you actually have all the answers within you intrinsically, um, start listening. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's beautiful once it happens and, um, you know, that's why, you know, I love astrology and tarot and all the divination arts, really. It's like, you know, we talk about resonance. It's like, okay, well, if homeopathy doesn't resonate with you, yeah, go to something else, just start, yeah. start the process and yeah. see what you're drawn to, see what pulls you. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be something in that, that you need, that you need to look at and process. And it's really never too late. And, you know, homeopathy as a modality, you know, we get people that, you know, other people turn away that are, they're too scared to work with them. It's too serious or, you know, or, um, you know, people that are really written off in society, like people with schizophrenia say, you know, like that are just like on the margins of society and that their family doesn't want them. They're on the streets or, you know, just crazy things that we, we see come into the office and it's, it's just amazing that everything really is healable and there really is a reason for everything. And um, that's what I really love about it is because, you know, again, you don't just like give them a pill to, you know, just quiet them and to further the repression so that the symptom then manifests in a different way. And that's oftentimes what happens when we repress is we think that we cured that, but oftentimes it just comes out in a different way. And a lot of times it's even louder. Yeah. And it's like in homeopathy, it's interesting because it's like, 
there is a direction of cure. And so usually the mental emotional will get better before the physical body will get better. And so it just goes to show like how important it is to care for our psyche and to care for, you know, our mental gardens and to really um, take care of that and to know ourselves. And it's just because the physical pathology there, there's a root in there from that. And so it's just interesting to see like, the unfolding of the healing process and like what the body prioritizes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as you, as you said, like knowing, knowing yourself is, is primary because it's hard for us to hear that still small voice when we're lost in the ocean, when we think we're everybody else and we think that what works for everybody else is what works for us. And everyone else's strategy authority is the same as our strategy authority. Right. Yeah. But un- until you take that journey and you mean you use these arts and you realize that no, my inclinations and proclivities are like this. Um, and by utilizing the methods that are meant for us, then we have that sense of individuality and we realize that we don't have to be like everybody else. And it's okay for us to solve our issues in the ways which are unique to us. Um, and yeah, to me, that's the, most, that's the most incredible thing. And that's, I mean, that's the gift that I like to share as well it's so empowering. You know, that's the one thing I love about all these art forms, divination arts, esoteric sciences, whatever you want to call them. Uh, And human design, you know, it's had a huge impact in my life in that regard, because it's like, I am my own being, I am my own person. And the way I live my day-to-day life is going to be different than how my, my wife does, you know? And it brings me back to this place of a deeper level of self-acceptance and compassion for others. I mean, when I started, when Sophie and I started dating, you know, I, st- I had already known a little bit up about human design, but realizing that she was a projector and I was a generator, there was definitely big differences in, in kind of our aura and our energy mm-hmm. and how we operate. And just by understanding her more on that level, it allowed me to relate to her in a different way, which again, when you're in a relationship, I mean, people say the cliche things all the time, like, good communication makes a relationship last forever. You know what I mean? But it's like, what tools are there to support better communication? Yeah, and first and foremost, it starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, first and foremost, it starts with knowing yourself, you know, we keep coming back to knowing yourself, you know, the self-knowledge is the foundation of all knowledge. In my opinion, you know, that's where it starts there. And then when you know yourself, then first and foremost, you can take responsibility when you're being a dick. You know what I mean? Like there's times where in a partnership where it's like, you know, we get into a little thing because you're human. You're going to get triggered. Yeah. Like, so if you'll do something or I'll do something, which, and it's like, okay, I, it's, I step away. Maybe I need to process. And then I go, okay, like, you know, I, I, fuck, I did that or I did that. And then human design in a lot of ways has supported that. I mean, we're all emotionals here, right? You're an emotional. Mm-hmm. Joel's an emotional. I'm an emotional. And so just <laughs> learning that simple fact and understanding that emotional types, emotional authorities are always kind of living on a little wave. Now, again, depending on the gates, et cetera, you know, your, your waves might look different. You know, Sophie's got the build, 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 and then, you know, kind of um, mm-hmm. let it all out kind of thing. I think I have like three of them or something, three different ones. Anyways, point being is that that changed my life because then it was just like, oh, I'm on a wave right now. And so I'm in partnership with Sophie and she's like, baby, I'm going to wave. Okay, okay, cool. Okay. And sometimes her wave would trigger my wave. And so we understand yeah. that about each other. Instead of like, like getting to this argument, it's like we get what's happening on this like yeah. subatomic level, you know, and this emotional level. And I think, again, this is the, what I think is the genius of human design is it really supports you, number one, in making better decisions for yourself, 
and understanding these little nuances. It's, it's just like, even though it includes astrology, it's just like a different thing. You know, they all oh, have yeah. their own thing, like astrology, numerology, they're all awesome. And human design is awesome too. But like we, they add their each, their different piece to the, the pie of self-knowledge and self-acceptance. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, 100%. And what I like about it too, is like, you know, that's why I say like, I act as an objective observer because it's always easier to see it in other people than in yourself. And that's why I like, you know, these tools where you can look at your own chart because it's like, oh, you can, you can try to be an objective witness to it too. And like, yeah, I do do that. Or I do act like that. And then you can take your power back and change it. And that's, you know, ultimately all of my work that I do and the work that I will continue to do is to really liberate people and to help free people to get them out of the system and to take their power back. Because, you know, homeopathy had an answer for this virus all along. They did, they did it in Cuba. Even the government funded homeopathy in Cuba because um, homeopathy originally was for epidemics. That's what they used it for. They used it for tuberculosis. And it's really simple and it's really cheap. And that's why they don't want you to have it. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting. And it's like anything that can put the power back into people's hands where they don't have to be afraid. You know, for example, like I wasn't afraid for one second because I knew homeopathy. I wasn't afraid. I'm not even afraid of, you know, that, that thing that they put in your arm because you can make um, a remedy from that thing and heal it and reverse it. Even if you get the damages. Well, they yeah, incredibly it's there's, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of solutions out there that's for sure and, and I hear you same here like I, I wasn't afraid for one second because again like Joel said and I think you said earlier it's like well, we've been preparing for this we've yeah. been getting ready for this you know like what opened up my mind to a lot of things and I won't get into it was in 2005 2004 2005 I got exposed to some things around HIV and AIDS and Dr. Fauci and his role and all that so it's like mm-hmm. I realized like wh- what role he played and the corruption that lies in his history and it's like I started seeing him as like the poster child. I was like, all right, cool. What, what are we doing right now? What's this all about? On top of all the other stuff, when you start thinking about event 201, you start thinking about agenda 2030, anyone who's read into all that stuff understands the trajectory that we've been on and what we're moving towards. So again, it comes back to self-knowledge, investigation, learning, and making decisions for yourself and taking ownership of your life, you know, instead of putting into these psychopaths, these people that don't really care, these globalists, like, no, this is my life. I'm going to take ownership of it. I'm going to know what I'm eating. I'm going to learn things. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, so important, I think, to do that. Why why wouldn't you want to be the commander of your own life? Like, why wouldn't you want to sail that ship yourself? Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's like, you know, and there needs to be challenges and hardships in your life. It's like, you know, when you don't sharpen a knife, it's dull. You yeah. kind of need that that resistance, that friction to sharpen the knife and to, you know, to help your soul's evolution, whatever that means for you. It's like, whatever your journey is, you need a wake-up call. You know, you need a Pluto transit, you need a Saturn, you know, you yeah. need all these things to shake up your life because otherwise, you know, humans can be kind of lazy and complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And do you hear? Yeah, and that's where fear will come in. Like you said, fear will come in when you feel like you don't have, you're not the commander of your own ship. I have no control. I don't know what to do, yeah. you know, or as opposed to, 
Oh, I have the solutions. Oh, homeopathy, homeopathy, cool. Oh, human design, okay, I'm triggered right now. Yeah. Cool. Tarascopes, oh, I know my. All right, cool. Got it. Great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like Knowledge, the thing is critical yeah. thinking. Yeah, definitely, man. That's and the like, key. Yeah, and like the, the, this, this apathy is sold to us. They want us to be in a constant apathetic state where it's almost like we think it's insurmountable to have responsibility. We think everything is determined by the forces of fate. We think that we have no choice whatsoever. And this is what we've been primed and conditioned to believe for, for the longest possible time. Um, and, 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 you mean, and, and for good reason, because it doesn't serve us and it serves this psychopathic agenda. Um, but yeah, man, people are, people are stepping out of that. People are, people are waking up. Um, the more control that's asserted at this point in time, I feel like always has a bigger and bigger counter effect on, on the other side. Um, and it's something that really can't be contained anymore. I mean, the genie's not going back in the bottle. These people aren't going back in the dark corner. It's, you mean, the, the, the roll-on's happening and it's incredibly exciting. And I'm excited that, you know what I mean? Um, uh, we can learn how to surf. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they have to use the fear because, then all logic goes out the window. You know, it's like that base animal instinct. It's like, oh God, am I, it's like, you have to have your basic safety need met to be able to do anything else. So they're constantly trying to shake that up. I mean, I see that in little ways every single day. Like for example, there's going to be a heat wave in Portland uh, this weekend. And instead of just saying, hey, you know, put your AC on or maybe get a portable AC. They're like, no, historic heat wave (laughs) that will destroy the forest and, do this and that and like they have to make it this like the most traumatic thing possible it's like actually it's just going to be hot for a couple days yeah they have to do it and the <laughs> COVID thing is failing now yeah, they're like, you might, oh, you you might sweat a little extra climate you know? change card <laughs> you know what I mean it's like oh yeah yeah of course we're having a little bit too much fun out here yeah I think we need to uh-huh. you know to turn up the fear a little bit and do the doomsday you're gonna die scenario a different way because you're getting a little bit too hip to the COVID. <laughs> There's a new heat variant yep. that's coming. You know what? You know what it is? Like when we when they have you in this low frequency apathetic state, then you've completely absolved to any mystery that exists within life. And without the mystery, of course, you're gonna be lazy. Of course, you're just gonna be a couch potato. Of course, you're gonna, you know what I mean, just continue to leak everything, all your energy, all your power, because you truly are in a state where you believe that, you know what I mean? You have no control. You believe that you're here by accident. You believe that, you know what I mean? There's, there's nothing that you can do except you mentioned know, experience what is what there is to experience and without asserting anything. Um, and that's where that's, so reawakening the mystery is such a, is such an important concept to me um, in, in dealing with my clients because I feel like that's that's primary to actually being motivated to do anything is by realizing that you have a unique blueprint as an individual on earth. And that's fucking awesome. And it's like going back Fuck to the yeah. design piece too, um, with generators, it's like generators, unfortunately, like they're most of the population. And unfortunately, they're the most programmable, especially with like open head and Ajna. It's like Ra Uruhu, the, the founder of human design, he was like, generators make the best slaves. And that's a hard truth mm. because a lot of them, they're so good at working. They're like the worker bees that, you know, they don't, they, they think it's normal to have the nine to five monotonous 
um, life, they think it's normal to just go through the motions because they actually have the most capacity to do so versus the other types. Mm-hmm. And so they're the easiest to kind of siphon the life force out of yeah. and just like, okay, you work for me. You're going to, instead of building your own life, you're going to help to build somebody else's, you know, bank account. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. Now, when you say generators, are you saying straight generators? Or are you including manifesting generators? I include in anybody, yeah, anybody with sacral definition. Sacral. You can Got siphon it. it. That's what people want. And that's why you have to wait to respond. Because if you just say yes to anything, okay, your life force is the most precious thing that you have. Without it, you're dead. You're done. So are you going to allow somebody to siphon your life force or not? That's what it comes down to. And that's why you have to listen to that gut response. Is this right for me? Is this person shady? Is this person trustworthy? And, you know, that's when the mind often kicks in and it's like, well, but I got a mortgage and blah, blah, blah. They tell themselves these stories that are not true. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like, because that sacral motor, it has so much life force and capacity to give and capacity to work and do and do and do. It's like, you know, those are the people that are targeted the most because projectors yeah. and manifestors, like manifestors, will tell their boss, you know, to fuck off <laughs> or like, you know, if they're, if they're, um, if they haven't if been they're con- not traumatized, yeah, they're not yeah, conditioned, not traumatized or conditioned. Yeah. Subservient, but they're still more likely because they have that anger signature. They have better access to yeah. their anger. Whereas generators, we just get frustrated and we take it out on our spouse. We take it out on ourselves. We numb it. And projectors, you know, they're more likely to just not, not be able to get out of bed and they have to change something. Reflectors, even more so. So as generators, mm-hmm. man gents, got to watch out for that. You know, it's like you have to really be careful saying yes to things because that's your most precious resource. And that's something that yeah. everybody's going to want from you. Yeah. And like that not, was the biggest that- opportunity, you know? No, not at all. And like, that was a big lesson for me is that I tend to be someone who was always like, I mean, you combine it with being a people pleaser when I was younger. It was like, I just, I'll work a double shift. Oh, I'll work. A, I'll work. You know, I'll do this. I'll, I'll hang out. Oh, I'll do this. Let's do, you know, like it was just nonstop. And once I learned, and this is actually before human design, but once I learned like the two most important letters in the English language, which is no and oh, you know, like things changed for me. Like, I remember when it was like, people would ask me to do something and I felt like I had to explain a reason why I couldn't do yeah. it. And then I just yeah. was like, no, I'm, I'm unavailable. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, yeah. No explanation needed. Like I am allowed to be like, no, that doesn't work for me. You know? Yeah. And then obviously the whole human design thing brought it to a whole nother level of nuance and understanding. The question I ask, I want to ask you is, Obviously, let's say 40, 50%, whatever the number is of mm-hmm. generators are going to not have a pure sacral authority. They're going to yeah. be emotionals. Yeah. So how does the sacral play into not being obviously the authority for someone who's emotionally defined? Like how do those two dance? And so, so you're how asking, some, yeah, how does someone tune into that sacral? Yeah. Okay. So are you asking if somebody has emotional definition, how do they tune in? If yep. the generator a manifesting generator is has an emotional authority mm-hmm. what's the interplay what's the dance between the sacral and the emotions obviously when making decisions because i I'm, I'm so curious about that yeah so i find that um you'll find your weak spot in where the um where the centers connect so for example i have my chart up 
And my um, solar plexus or my emotional center connects to my heart or my ego. And so it's like um, my decision-making capacity is going to be more likely to be influenced by something work-related. You know, it's again like that, yes, man, that yes, I'll do the shift. Yes, I'll do that. It's more likely to um, produce kind of like a yes or no, yes or no indecisiveness. That and um, so anything that's going to connect to your sacral. So I also have a root connection. So when I'm under stress and there's specific things that will stress me out based on my chart, that's where I'll get really indecisive. That's where I'll have to ride out that emotional wave longer because the wave comes back and it comes back and it comes back and it comes back. And I've, you know, the interesting thing too, from my experience and from people I've talked to is like, if you have an emotional wave about something and you say, yes, that's not going to stop. So you know, if you, what's not going to stop. So you're going to keep having that. Should I stay or should I go kind of energy? Mm. So for example, um, you know, I have a client and they move somewhere and they're always kind of unsure about it because whenever they go there, you know, there's some emotional response around it. Maybe like they're afraid about the rent cost or something. And so, you know, their emotional center is connected to their center of money, the ego center. So money things trigger their emotional wave. And so anytime they have to make a decision regarding money, their emotional wave gets triggered. And, you know, there's, there's different open centers, also the not self themes of open centers that play a role here as well. But let's say like you go to Los Angeles and you're always unsure about it, but you say yes anyway even if you're happy with that decision and maybe even if it was right for you, you're going to have emotional waves about it. Oh, I fucking hate people in LA or, Oh, I don't like this or that. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, there's always going to be an emotional quality to that, even if it was the right decision for you at the time. And that's what I find so interesting is that even if it's right, that emotional wave is still going to play a role and make you question it. And probably because it's not like a forever thing. But it's just interesting because that emotional wave really does affect your clarity. And, um, you know, I find that uh, the other two centers that really um, play a big role in the emotional center kind of going off are the open head center where you see everybody else's point of view. And then it sends you into a wave like, well, they said this is right. And I don't know. I don't like trust what I know to be true. And so I, I can't make a decision. I'm emotional. Then the other one is the open identity center because they want to follow somebody else's lead because their identity fluctuates so often. So they're like, well, my friend had a good experience with this. I'm just going to do what she did. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, then there's a lot of emotions that come up around identity or around what, you know, here for the truth, for example, the, the truth, like what's, what's true in the head center. It's like, if it's open, you only ever know 80% for certain that you really, really, really believe something. Um, maybe something resonates deeply, but you're always kind of like, I don't know, I can kind of see it that way too. So that sets off the emotions and clouds the judgment again. And so it really is kind of this cycle. And we all have things that, you know, like you were saying, like things that trigger our wave or the way the wave operates. And so it's like, you really have to give yourself as much time as you need until you have that absolute clarity, that absolute neutral point about it you're not too excited yeah. <laughs> and you're not too um pessimistic or down in the dumps and that's where i think um 
having somebody else like, you know, do a tarot reading for you or something that I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something that your sacral can respond to that's objective, that's outside of your head. Yeah. Can really help because it's like, then your gut's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a, I've got a staff of 78, which I turn to for, <laughs> for yeah. the last difficult questions. Right. Exactly. And sometimes I don't even like to pull for myself because it's still like, I have a blind spot. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I had a, a challenging thing that happened recently and Joel goes, let's uh, pull, pull some cards. And it was yeah. definitely brought some more peace and understanding to my situation. That's for sure. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Tara is goodies. Yeah. Tara's again, it's just, it's just allowing space for the unconscious to, to relay the message that it needs to relay. Because when we pick a card and the cards are upside down, our conscious mind is bracketed, but the unconscious is directing and it's just allowing that process to unfold. And you I mean, it's the same with, I feel, I feel like there's resonance with that in um, homeopathy and in kinesiology, right? Like mm-hmm. I use tarot as a diagnostic tool mm-hmm. in that sense. So mm-hmm. it's just tapping into the yeah. unconscious. That's all it is. Yeah, that's so true. And it's like, I think it is so good to always be aware of that. Like as an emotional being is like whatever your type is, if you have that defined, it's like you need the objective outside party sometimes especially when it's something that's particularly like triggering for you personally yeah and you have to know that no matter how bad it looks in the moment in like 48 hours it's going to look so much different to you and you're going to be so happy that you didn't jump mm-hmm. into something i that's how like respond to it like so respond to an email and be like go fuck yourself yeah you know and just be like no i'm gonna just breathe a little bit and let a day pass and then go whew yeah, like I'm sure that's got an impressed send. It's like it's funny too that you had the neighbor issues because we've had neighbor issues too. And that eclipse just happened in the um three nine axis. So Gemini is our neighbors, you know, we just had that eclipse in Gemini, Sagittarius. And I've noticed like, you know, neighbor issues coming up for for other people too. And it's like, okay, this is a test. Am I gonna emotionally respond to my neighbor right now? Or like he emotionally responded or I'm going to take a step back and just be like, walk away. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit more difficult when you're in a trauma response and and experiencing pretty horrific things happening, but at the same time, yeah, you know, what happens after that, you know, does the wave continue? Do you allow yourself time to just sit with it and breathe and, you know, Oh yeah. It's interesting. All this stuff is interesting. I I, I, I love it. I love it. I want to, I want to know, um, what connections have you found between astrology and human design? So I see that they basically say different names for the same thing. So yep. it's like, it's often like how you see with other systems, it describes you the same, but it's like in a slightly different language or they put it in a slightly different way where it's like, maybe you resonate more with the way they put it. So it's like, um, I I've seen it a lot though. Like, and I mean, like I said, like each gate that you have isn't, isn't a planet. You can pull up somebody's body graph. Um, and you'll see like what gates they have and what, um, sign and you'll see, oh yeah, they still have a lot of Sagittarius. They mm-hmm. still have a lot of Aries and yep. it really just like, it, it just describes it in a different way. But I think that, um, where human design deals with things is a, a little bit differently is I think it explains um, more so like the mechanics of like how you operate energetically with other people and relationships. And like, it really focuses on like, I feel like human design's focus is, well, D 
dehomogenization. So you are a unique individual, which astrology is the same. The other one is practical applications of like, how should I respond to this? You know, where am I more prone to conditioning? Um, You know, in my head or in what center, you know, where, where am I prone to this or that? And so I just find that I like the tools that human design gives in the everyday sense. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't have known from my natal chart that I need to wait 48 hours to make a decision. You know, like I know I have a lot of water in my chart, Yeah. but it wouldn't have given me that like next step of like, okay, but what do I do? How do I address that? And that kind of was addressed in human design. Yeah. Um, So I'm interested, um, you may not know this answer, but how did, how did Ra develop the types? Like how did, how did, how did that come about where he he was was, able to link the strategies to the types? Yeah. Uh, You sound like you want to take this one. You're awesome. So you want to take it? Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously it evolved, but you know, he was, uh, he was given this knowledge. He channeled it. It was, he channeled, he channeled it. So there's a whole story on on how that happened. He was living, he kind of left his life in Canada, went to Ibiza and was, um, was living in some house on the side of the island. And he came back one night and the light was on and the door was open and he walked in the door, the door shut behind him and his voice came to him for eight days and eight nights. And he wrote down the foundations of what human design um, was. It was like pretty intense the way he explains the story, you know? And then I guess he started teaching some people on the island for about a year. And then I think he wigged out a little and was like, I can't do this anymore or whatever. He's like, everyone needs to burn all the shit. I'm, I'm going on walkabout. And he left and came back, but not everyone burned everything. And so then they pieced everything back together. And as far as how things evolve, because I know there's different schools of thought within human design. Some people mm-hmm. teach human design just based off of the initial channel, you know, and it didn't evolve as much. You know, I think there were only two strategies mm-hmm. in the initial in the initial thing. I could be wrong there, but then I don't know how how raw actually evolved uh, the different keywords, you know, getting more into some of these other stuff and definitions and this and that I mean again maybe you know more about that but it was knowledge that he channeled um and then it's evolved over time and it was kind of like putting ancient systems all together and just combining them into one master system so there's the Kabbalah's uh, Kabbalistic tree of life there's quantum physics there's the chakra system um so there's the I Ching so the Chinese I Ching he kind of pieced it all together as well into yeah. something like one big picture kind of system. Yeah. Very, very yeah. good. And it's interesting. More people are talking about it, you know, like 10 years ago or seven years ago when I first found yeah. about it, people were like, well, you know, human design, what are you talking yeah. about? Now it's like, people are like, Oh, I, someone told me about that. If someone you would yeah. never think would know human design is like, Oh, I, I saw my chart, you know, yeah. but it's like, again, I think it takes time and people find value of, uh, out of it. And then more people get into it. And then there's more people that are teaching it or giving sessions. And I mean, it's a huge thing on Instagram or all these human design pages, you know, and the people that, that are really well versed in it. So it's, you well, know, I mean, I think I, it's I want to keep the learning. fact that it's, it's resonance, right. And that it really gives people a platform to understand why they react the way they react and how they can benefit themselves by learning how they react. Um, greatly because nothing really nothing else really provides that like the differential between a manifester and a generator you know yeah. what i mean like it, yeah. it's and uh, so when you see these Instagram really pages unique. yeah posting and popping on it it's like it's actually a really resonant thing it's something that's really useful um so obviously it's working yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And listen, like you said earlier, and if it doesn't resonate with you, fuck it. Who cares? Like, it's not like this is the way, the only way everyone yeah. must do human design or tarot <laughs> stuff. It's like, you know, like find out what resonates, what works for you. I'm sure like there's something in your chart that's going to make you lean towards maybe one system versus another yeah. two, perhaps, you know, like exactly. who knows? At the end of the day, the proof's in the pudding. Are you feeling aligned in your life? Like, are you feel, do you feel healthy? Are you living on purpose? Like, you know, there are people out there that have been living on purpose and living their, giving their gifts and feeling amazing and healthy. Yeah. And they have no idea about any of this shit. Yeah. You know, that's right. but so it's, it's just themselves. like, yeah. Yeah, they're tapping to themselves and there's that knowledge is there. But, uh, and for whatever reason, we live in a time period where these tools are available to us and a lot of people are interested in them and I've found a lot of value out of them. And it's like, hey, I'm going to take what works. I'm going to see what resonates and see how I could apply it to my life. And I do yeah. appreciate the practical nature yeah. you know, of, I mean, these, of if, some of these systems. And if you feel like you are hitting block roads and obstacles so often, then why not try the experiment, right? Yeah. Just test yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because like people are finding as shit's hitting the fan, it's like crap. Like I, they're kind of like looking for some sort of safety raft. And it's like, that's why I think these things are becoming more and more popular and they're just kind of in the consciousness more is because people need them more than ever. Yeah. They need need them more than ever. And there's this internal thing and people on a mass scale of something feels off something's off in my life this is not the life i should be living you know it's different than 30 40 50 years ago Mm -hmm. and so i think these like 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 they say when the the teacher appears when the student's ready and so it's similar to that like the system comes out into more into the i say more into the masses but it's not in the masses obviously in our little worlds it's more known but you know these things come out when people are ready to receive them and uh, get the wisdom that comes from it definitely no, the path yeah. unfolds as you walk cool. it, man. It's yeah. A- so oh, were you, were you going to say something, Kaylee? I was just saying it's so true. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to ask or is this like a good place to, to end our talk? What do you think, Joel? I feel good about this chat, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really um, impressed. You know what I mean? Just you know, about Kaylee's journey, what she's been through, how she's connected these links, and again, just proof in the pudding that there's so many different angles to get to that. You know what I mean? Realization that everything is interconnected to everything else. You can come from anywhere, right? To enter, enter this yeah. game and enter this understanding, um, and it's an amazing thing. And I think what you've offered is going to be so beneficial to our listeners. And for me, I'm extremely genuinely interested in homeopathy um, now from this conversation. And I want, I want to dive deeper because, you know, what I mean, I feel like there are still still little things that, you mean, I could benefit from by, by learning this knowledge and places where I want to go deeper and because I want to be my best self and as we all do, right? So the more tools in the belt, why not? Exactly. Yeah. And being here for the truth, you know, it starts with that inner truth. You know what I mean? Like yeah, so the more tools we could have at our disposal to keep digging, to keep deconditioning, to keep healing is going to be a benefit to us as individuals. And then that ends up behaving like a ripple effect to our communities, to our families, the people we, we come into contact with. Definitely. So uh, we're just grateful that you, you made some time to come on and talk about all this cool stuff that your journey of healing, which I want to commend you. I think it's amazing because like to find the things that you found that are pretty young age too. Yeah. You need to start definitely. this kind of, this consciousness alternative journey like in your late teens i guess you can say like college like beginning like that's you know that's that's 
you know, most, I think most people tend to maybe do it like later. So I think that's really amazing. And it's a testament to who you are and, and um, you know, what you bring to the table, I'm sure has to do with your two, four profile on some level as well. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, Haley, do you want to give yeah, us a so, shout out to where people can find you, how they can get in yeah. contact with you if they're interested in yeah. readings, et cetera, et cetera, go for it. So um, I'm at the ripened heart on Instagram. My website is the ripened heart. I have a podcast. If you want to learn more about homeopathy um, and all of these things, you know, I talk about astrology and human design as well on there. Um, it's just the ripened heart podcast on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, I, I post on YouTube as well. Um, and yeah, I just really want to keep spreading this knowledge and bringing awareness just like you guys are. And so I just thank you so much for having me on. No, likewise, absolute, awesome. absolute pleasure. Kaylee, thank you for being here. So grateful um, for your journey. And that's something that we deeply honor and I'm glad that we we met at this, this, this junction here and now between time and space. So thank you. Thanks for being thank here for the know. truth. Yeah. And yeah. Thanks for everyone who's listening. Kaylee, Absolutely. big hugs. <laughs> Take care, guys. Next time. Smoking mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.